Welcome to the Knicks Bay Podcast, home of the dumbest, smartest, sexiest, ugliest takes in a blunt's worth of time. We're here to get you dusted. We're three Knicks addicts. D-Boy, what's good? That's a loss we can get behind. Youngin's going in. Going in, get behind, thick, thick, yum, yum. Dougie Fresh, what's good? Yo, Lou Will and, and Dame Lillard and all these other veterans, they got to be careful being so nice to IQ because he's going to start turning these L's into W's if they keep doing this. He's like a young Drake under the Young Money uh, enterprise. And Lil Wayne's giving him pointers. But Lil Wayne don't know that Drake finna come up and snatch his spot on top. Walt suit, Sunday, Sunday. Chocolate, vanilla, yumminess. Just a classic, classy dude. Mm, mm, mm. We're going to get into quick hits. Quick hits. Good fight from the young squad, but an L just the same. Let's give out these awards. The Austin Rivers Who's Your Daddy Most Valuable Player goes to fun guy Kawhi Leonard, scoring 28 and reminding Knicks fans why he didn't grant them a free agent meeting. The Al Harrington Once a Nick, Always a Nick Award goes to Mook Morris for essentially turning into the god, Emmanuel Quickly, who dropped 25 again tonight. The Tibbs throat coat scream of the game goes to Julius Randle in crunch time for turning the ball over, then immediately giving up an offensive rebound and an and one to Serge Ibaka. The Garden of Dreams off-Broadway breakout performance goes to the Huntington, West Virginia native Patrick Patterson, who didn't miss a shot and hit three threes. And the sad stat of the game? Quickly is yet to break the 30-minute mark this season despite having his third 20-point game in the last four outings. This day in Sad Knicks history, January 31st, 2019, Chris Stops, the Jolly Giant Porzingis, was traded along with Trey Burke and Tim Hardaway Jr. for Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, and two first-rounders. Chris Stops, we barely knew thee. You were exciting and dubbed a unicorn, but not loved enough. An anemic bitch from Latvia, booed from the beginning, never given enough respect, getting into fights in your homeland, and then brutally injured with a dirty play from the least personable Antetokounmpo brother. Sure, we didn't get much back, but maybe we passed our own problems onto another franchise. Good riddance. Much better than last year. Nice feet inside, and Porzingis throws it down, and he's hurt. Porzingis grabbing his left knee, and he's in some severe pain. And an Akupu came underneath KP when he dunked the ball. Uh, that's a scary sight for Porzingis and the Knicks fans. Scott Perry, in his four years as the Knicks GM, has a lot of positive transactions to his name. He's filled the roster with team-friendly vet contracts and drafted extraordinarily well. Randall might be an all-star. RJ's future looks bright. Late draft gems like Quickly and Robinson are consistently showing out. But Perry will always go down as the exec who made the worst trade in franchise history. 
This afternoon, on the two-year anniversary of this dreadful day, where our prize acquisitions in return were not Duran or Kyrie, not Jalen Brown, not Devin Booker, but DSJ and an unlikely lottery pick this summer, let's dive deep into the folklore of who was once our great Latvian hope. Worst trade in Knicks history? Come on. It hasn't even fully flushed out yet. Plus, we got the infamous Eddie Curry trade, Steve Francis, Antonio McDice, Andrea Bargnani, and the whole mellow, premature emeluation instead of waiting. This is just part of our brand. It's part of our MO. We get those wheels stuck in the mud and we keep spinning. The Knicks history is incredibly flawed with tragic decisions, but we've never traded a 23-year-old franchise cornerstone before, and not for this. This very trade is a study in, as they call in the wrestling business, kicking out at two. A couple of bad decisions, whiffing on plan A, and look where the Knicks are now. A scrappy young squad that took the Clippers to the limit, caused Paul George to spike the ball in frustration today. They took some horrible decisions and they turned it in to Marcus Morris. And then they turned that in to Emmanuel quickly. And now we've got ourselves a little squad. We gotta debunk this whole Kristaps Porzingis turned into Emmanuel quickly thing. The Knicks made cap space to go after two guys, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, whiffed on both of them and they ended up in Long Island. And by getting rid of KP, we initially pretty much took ourselves out of any free agent running because they looked at our franchise and were like, oh, you'll get rid of a 23-year-old? How are you going to take care of a franchise player? What Porzingis is doing right now with his whole team and his therapist and his brother and the entire drama that was involved in shipping him out of here, the guy is taking up a quarter of a payroll right now of a professional basketball team's payroll, and he can't even put together back-to-back nights of staying on the court. This is what you're giving $158 million of more Cubans money for and I think it's a sham. Well time will only tell about the injuries and whether they will be a significant impact going forward and if the Knicks were smart to get out in front of the ACL tear because before he went down with that dirty Giannis blow he played in 85% of his games with the Knicks and then proceeded to miss the next 77 before he was traded and has only played in 65% since then. He was given the keys to be the leader of this franchise and some nights he was on point, the next night he would play exhausted. He would have no legs, he would have no energy and he would, he would leave his teammates out to dry. Just ask Luka Doncic about that. That's why he was voted an all-star that year, right? You mentioned in the beginning, we could have had Devin Booker or Jalen Brown. Can't forget the character assassination that we did going into the Porzingis trade. Phil Jackson, in one fell swoop, took the entire star power and career out of Melo, diminished his entire trade value, had to get rid of him, and then the next year had done the same thing to Porzingis. Why do you why do you give a guy respect who has done nothing in this league? Why should the the Knicks bend over backwards? David Fisdale's flying to Latvia. I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm sick of all the trash talk that I'm hearing about the Knicks front office because it's clear that they've turned the ship around after what happened with this trade and they wouldn't be in the position that they were in had they committed all their money to an injury-prone head case loser. Two years ago. They've turned it around so much in two fucking years. If Porzingis was still here, he'd be playing on the exact same squad bullshit that's wrong they would have gone out and they would have 
overcommitted money to underperforming veterans that would be on the books for three, four years and we'd be stuck in the same position we were in in 2017-18 when the guy couldn't stay on the floor and couldn't perform consistently night after night. He, re- he literally said the words to one after after a loss to the Wizards. He said the words to the press. I'm tired. I'm so tired. Austin Rivers said, my guys are tired. We're all tired at the end of that West Coast road trip. Porzingis only thinks about himself. He was only thinking about, oh, it's so hard for me to carry this team right now. It's so hard for me to be a leader. He's a whiner. He's a loser. We don't have time for that in New York. See, and this is the type of character assassination that is typical of New York Knicks. This is a player's league. If you're not going out of your way and bending over backwards for your franchise players, you're not going to be able to keep them. You're not going to be able to attract them. And you're going to be the laughing stock of the NBA. This all points to the crazy emotional baggage attached to the roller coaster ride that is Kristaps Porzingis. This anger, this frustration, this sadness, this vitriol is all directly stemming from the fact that we were taken from such lows to such highs to such lows in such a tiny span of time. The Kristaps experience was like dating a model, but the model had a coke problem and was an alcoholic and stole your credit card, okay? That's how it felt like having these Kristaps years. And you're gonna look back and you're like, damn, I dated a model. Roll that, light that, smoke that. It's time for Blunt Talk. Blunt Talk, we keep it real, I'ma keep it real with you. This Kristaps shit was personal for a while. That year, my brother hit me up. He's like, you trying to go to the draft? I'm like, bet. We're in a bar in Brooklyn getting drunk, and I'm like, yo, I really want Jaleel Okafor. So I've been wrong before. We both agree we don't want no part of Nicholas Skitsavili-looking, Darko Militich head, Frederick Weiss 2.0-ass motherfucker. We're in the building. They call the pick for the Latvian. I'm covering my head. We're booing. Yeah, you've seen the image. We got captured up on ESPN. We're a gift. Sad Knicks fan. That's the brand. We might have been wrong at the moment, and lost the Kristaps battle, but we won the Kristaps war and were vindicated. Bonus point, I woke up the next day with a bag of weed in my sock. We hope you all enjoyed your Knicks bait, and remember, Dennis Smith Jr. reports to the G League bubble next week.